Talk about the beginning of our relationship. Thank you for joining me. This is Jaded. I am Jody. And I am here tonight again with my good friend Nick, licensed clinical social worker with a master's degree who I do like to brag about in that regard. I don't know that he cares for it, but I think those are huge accomplishments. And uh, just recounting, I'm going to take you back a few years, back to 2003, when I, I divorced my ex-husband in 2002. He is the father of all four of my children, three boys and a girl. Not me. And, no, not you, my ex. <laughs> and you will have to come over here a little bit when when you do decide to talk so they can hear you. But, 2003, I started working for Pacificare, an insurance company here in Colorado. Um, I had to leave my job at University of Colorado Hospital because I started sleeping with my boss. And let's just say that didn't end well. So... Started working at Pacificare, and maybe about five to six months into my history there, one of my children started showing very obvious signs of distress. Uh, anger, rebellion, uh, physical physical manifestations. Yes, op oppositional, op oppositional defiance disorder. And I didn't know what to do. I knew of a history in my ex's family of sexual abuse. Sexual abuse of boy cousins babysitting the brothers and the boy cousins forcing some of the kids to do sexual things. And when my son started acting out, my first thought was, holy shit, maybe something's going on. Not that my ex was doing anything, but just maybe something was going on because this was behavior I completely did not recognize. I didn't know how to identify. I didn't know how to help. So I had a good friend at Pacific Care named Faye, and I spoke to Faye a little bit about it. She was the first person I opened up to, and she told me about Nick, that Nick was in the behavioral health department, that he would be a good resource to help me find a clinician or therapist or lead me in the right direction to help me with my son. So I remember getting Nick's information, finding out where he sat, which was on the other side of the building for me, walking over there to see him one day, and he's in jeans with a nice black belt, black shirt, he's got rolled up at the sleeves, looking pretty trim, pretty nice. And I just walked right up to him and I said, Hi, Nick. I'm Jody. I'm a friend of Faye's. Nick knew Faye because she'd been there for years. Faye Downing, remember? Mm -hmm. And I said, I could really use your help. And at that point, I'm sure that I started crying. And I said, I've been through a divorce and I need help with one of my sons. He seems very angry and upset. And I'm worried that he may be a victim of, child, of, of sexual abuse. So Nick was very diplomatic, very professional, um, asked if we could maybe talk about it another time. He was in the middle of work. Uh, so we did. And I spoke to Nick on one or two different occasions where I kind of poured my heart out, told him everything that was going on, um, all my fears, which I'm sure were a bit exaggerated because the divorce itself could have been enough 
to cause my son to behave the way he was. And so over that week or two that Nick and I spoke, um, he told me about a very unusual situation going on in his own home, which was that of a serial killer in Denver who had been kidnapping and killing prostitutes that he would pick up off Colfax Avenue. And it turned out that they thought he had possibly buried some of those prostitutes in the backyard of Nick's home. That's where you were when I met you. You were coming out, just barely even knowing you were coming out of it. 2003. You didn't know you were coming out of this relationship, but you had no. been dating a woman. I was living with a woman for six and a half years, raising her children. In Highlands Ranch, right? Yeah, Highlands Ranch, which is a suburb of Denver, which is, you know, she was a uh, registered nurse, and she was working for Pacific Air, and successful, had two little girls, and I had gotten into a relationship with her, okay? And, and you had a but wife I, here. But I had gotten into a relationship with her, this, this was 2003. <coughs> I was in relationship with her since 1997. Right. Okay? All right, so all of a sudden, 2003... I had. Um, How did it start for you? How did what well, happened well, here? well, yeah. I, I mean, I had rented while while I was living with my girlfriend Lori from I don't know nineteen ninety nine ninety ninety eight or ninety eight. You know, but I had rented my house to my daughter Hazel and her boyfriend, R.P., you know, for, I don't know, I think I, 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 think I rented it for, uh, like, $400 a month, all right? And their job was basically to maintain my house and they could live here, right? Turns out, come 2003, that Hazel, who was often, you know, going off on, on business-related uh, journeys, you know, uh, you know, down here and there and there, otherwise. But while she was on her business-related journeys, her boyfriend, RP, was going out and getting prostitutes, bringing them to my house, bringing them to my house, and choking them out? Having choke sex. Oh. And he would have choke sex with them until they died. Or was it just till they passed out? No, passed out. Then he'd do it repeatedly and... Yeah, then he would do it repeatedly. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, they would die. Alright, so Hazel would come home. Alright. He'd have the bodies of these girls downstairs in duffel bags. And he Hazel, Hazel was downstairs, what's in this duffel bag, you know? Uh, he wouldn't say, you know, she, she would just ignore it, all right? Did 
Didn't he say he was camping a lot? Or uh, No, he wasn't. Oh, okay. Ultimately, what happened was this guy, um, he was working for a um, printing company, and they would do, uh, you know, uh, large printing, uh, you know, jobs for, uh, I, I don't know, I, you know, like people who would, like, send out uh, leaflets for, you know, we want to buy your house, that type oh, yeah. of thing, you know. And, but he had a history of, of road rage, all right? And ultimately, you know, he was well-liked. You know, he did a good job in his printing company. But ultimately, what happened was, I'm living with my girlfriend, Lori, who, by the way, you know, her ex-husband tried to kill her, you know? And she had PTSD from that. He tried to kill her with a knife. Well, she's a nurse. She was a visiting nurse, and she actually was um, uh, visiting a patient. And when she came out, here he was with a knife, okay? And tried to kill her, and she fought him off. And... So, you know, she had to move away from Rhode Island, where she lived, all the way to Colorado, and I'm living with her, and this, you know, this shit happened. How did you find out it happened? Well, I, 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 she told me the story of, of, why did you break up with your husband, you know? I mean, her daughter, uh, Alex, who was very close to her dad, and her little, little girl, um, Cassie. Cassie who was like two years old, didn't know her dad, but when she announced that she wanted a divorce, he freaked out, okay? And so she was a visiting nurse, and she was going from door to door, you know, in the neighborhood, doing visiting nurse. Where he could have cut her well, time. Yeah, and so he showed up, and he tried to kill her, all right? Well... You know, she fought him off. She didn't get injured, but she fought him off. With her kids there? No, her kids weren't there. She was on the job. She was on the job, you know? Shit. You know? But the, she informed the police. She had to go to the police, right? And the police then found him, and he admitted it that he did that, all right? And he got four years in prison, oh, okay? good. Can I pause uh, to take a break to... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's a terrible thing to have to do, but I do have to use the restroom. Just a moment. We're no, back now. Sorry no, about no, that. No, I mean, I Nick pictures, is finishing up his cigarette, and we will commence. And one of the things that I was asking uh, while we were on pause there was how involved Lori was... Lori? Is that her name? Lori, yeah. How involved Lori was with the actual criminal process, the judicial legal process regarding him going away for four years because we did just kind of jump to well, he attacked you know, her on a job site did she was that tough for her to at go the, at the time he was arrested yeah Okay. and she made a statement he admitted to what he did which made it a hundred times easier yeah. probably and so he was 
not a lot of convicted, needed. Is convicted, and he spent four years in prison. All right. So in that, how long after he was sentenced did it take for her to leave, or did she stay? She stayed. She didn't. She came to Colorado. Okay, so not long after he was convicted. right. Her sister lived here in Colorado. Her sister helped her out. You know. Very nice. She started working at Pacific Air. Okay. All right. Good place of employment. Right. Great place to meet girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that statement. For you, no. But we ended up uh, having a case together, uh, eating disorder case at Children's Hospital, and she was the medical part. She did the medical, and I did the psych. Okay, so we went down to the Children's Hospital. We had a conference, you know, a, a, a big conference or whatever. Right. And when was that? The first time you met her? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got to meet her face-to-face -face first. Yeah. It wasn't a sexy voice thing. No. Okay. And so, we were riding back. Try that. We were riding back, and I said to her, I, you know, would you like, I, mean, I don't know what your situation is, but would you like to go out sometime, you know? Yeah. All right. She, she, she said, yeah, okay. Nice. You know? She was living with her sister. Okay. And her sister gave her a, a van. And how long out was she from her? Uh, ripe, right, right off the, right off the boat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was right off the boat. So her sister, her sister gave her a, 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 a minivan, right? Okay, not a soccer mom kind of. Yeah, and not like a. So she came out here. Oh. We, we went out to eat, and I, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think I gave her a massage. Okay, the first night. Yeah, you were and good about that. You sensed when people have tension. She needed, and you just yeah, want yeah. To help. She wanted. I wanted to help her. You're very much a helper. And then uh, she very much was, you know, uh, all over me. And I said, no. I was going to say, from your clinical... Uh, yeah, I was like, no. From your professional you know this is a bad situation. Yeah, no, I, I said, you know, no. And she left. Oh, but this was before you knew. Uh, we we hugged each other. Okay. And I didn't even kiss her. Okay. And You massaged her body, but... I massaged her body, but I didn't kiss her. Okay. You know. And it's a boundary for you. Yeah. Uh. It was like, I'm... No, Yeah. I know from experience. And so she left, and it progressed from there, you know? I mean, we ultimately began to see each other, you know? Nice. How, how soon did she introduce you to the girls? Right away. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We know that's not good. Well, I don't know, but these girls invited me to their weddings. I walked Cassie down the aisle. I, I guess from my readings as a divorcee, yeah. introducing your kids is something you don't do right away. You push the button. You push the button. What's that, tobacco? It has tobacco. It is flavored, though. It's blue and blackberry. I find it smoking satisfying, okay. but maybe not nicotine. 
Okay. But go ahead. So anyway, so you met them right away. Yeah. But you were much. just a friend, right? I believe you at told first. Me yeah, at first I was. Took yeah. a long time for her to admit that you were spending yeah. the night. And I was, I was okay with, uh, you know, slow, uh, um, being by myself at my house. All right, so then I moved in with her. You know, ultimately. How soon after? So you met in '97. Uh, I would say by '98. Okay, I here. was I was already you know moving in with that. That's where I rented, uh, you know, the house to my my daughter and her. And you moved into her. Her serial killer, <laughs> RP. Oh, <laughs> but by then she had moved out of her sister's. Yeah, she she had moved out. Yeah, she got her own house. Okay, yeah. and then you moved in with her, and then yeah. you started renting. Yeah. And that went well for several years. It went well until. 2003, when the serial killer started killing prostitutes and burying them in my in my backyard. But is that not when he was caught? Yeah, he, he was a serial killer for a while, was he not? Well, of course he was. Well, <laughs> but that's that in it. Well, all right. It's, so here's what happened. Okay. Serial killer happens. She gets triggered because her husband, you know, But that's tried the piece I'm her. missing. How did you find out serial killer happened? Like, what happened? Well, the, 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 all of a sudden, I get a call from the police. And they say, all right, we, we caught, you know, R.P. White. And we caught him up here, you know. And he, he killed his best friend in Aurora. Holy okay? shit. Put a bullet in the, right in his head. His best friend? His best friend. Why? For the hell of it. He wasn't a prostitute. No, he was for the hell of it. Didn't he go to him for help to escape and his friend was like... No, he was living with him. They were roommates. Oh, okay. I have the... Shot his fucking head. Shot him in the head. All right? Ran away. Went up into the mountains. So they found his friend? No, no. They found... All right. So his friend didn't show up for work. All right? They went to the house... His friend's dead because he has a bullet hole in his head. Okay? So his work sent someone to look for him? <coughs> and so then we find out that RP went and used his bank card, you know, to get, you know. His friends? Yeah. Oh, to get all of his... The guy who he killed used his bank card, bank card to get money, right? To buy all the stuff to survive. To get, yeah, go, uh, went down to Pueblo... There was survival gear. Oh. His sister's in Pueblo, right? R.P.'s Told, sister? R.P.'s sister, the, okay. the, the serial killer, right? Told his sister, oh, I'm going up and camping out up here. Yeah. The police went down to his sister, you know, after they found his dead friend. Huh. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. Finds him uh, up at Chief Hosa, you know, on the wilderness up there. Yeah. And got him. And he starts saying, All right, yeah. I killed five prostitutes. I killed him. I killed him. I killed my best friend. All right. And I buried two of them in the, you know, at 2885 Albion Street. I buried two of them, right? And that, that was your. House. That was my house, all right. Uh, all right, so I. So you get a phone call. From I the get police. a phone call from the police. And we 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 need your permission to you know dig, dig. right in, in your yard. 
What the fuck did you think of that? I freaked out. What is shit? No doubt. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And, and of course you had to told Lori, like, oh my I God. I had to tell Lori, I said, this was going on. She says, I don't want my kids having anything to do with this. She gets triggered because her husband tried to kill her, you know. All of a sudden, we got this, I got this complex situation going on, you know. You got PTSD from yeah, a right, right. one. Yeah, right, right, exactly. That you right. just kind of built a life. And she's, she's ready to break up, and, 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 you know. And, and I've got Channel 9 News, and I've got Channel 4 News. i got all, all these people interviewing the neighbors, you know, who's Nick, you know, who's, you know, go around. I mean, I come out here. She said, don't go out there. I have to come out there. It's my house, you know. Your house, your kids, your daughter. Yeah, my daughter was here. All right? I come out here, there's like five satellite dish fucking, you know, CNN. Camped you know, out. Camped out. Oh. All the new uh, helicopters going on, you know. Holy shit. Helicopters everywhere. I, I mean, oh my God. They're digging holes in my yard. Yeah, you said you were cleaning in the kitchen. I'm cleaning the kitchen. I walk into my house. Uh, you know, only not, only, not only is it a mess, but there's like needles everywhere. Oh, fuck. Because my daughters were using, you know, everything, you know, after they, uh, they went over the edge right. when this happened. They started, yeah. they started, they started using, you know, needles everywhere. There's like caps everywhere, you know. Whatever they get their hands on. Right. In my house. <laughs> I'm cleaning it up. I'm cleaning it up. The police are out underneath my, uh, um, you know. So you didn't allow them access in. They just wanted access out because that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Well, okay. they actually came in too. Oh. Yeah, they ripped up my carpets. They they did destroyed my walls. Because he said he buried them. Yeah. He didn't say where. He just no. The police destroyed my house. Holy shit. You know. I said this is not possible. He it's not possible. He doesn't have any bodies out here. All right, yeah, so I, I'm cleaning, all right, and they're digging, and by God, what happens? This intense stench comes up through the windows, oh, you know, fuck. of these dead bodies. You could smell it. I could smell before it. Before you heard them hum. Yeah, before they say, came in, Mr. Valerie, we've got, you know, you want to see it? You know, I said, no, no. way. <laughs> no. Two bodies. Two bodies. Two bodies. Two bodies in your Two backyard. girls. In your backyard. In duffel bags. Holy fuck. Dead. Well, I... No offense. Awful. I, I read the report. I read, I read an article in the Denver Post. My sister Joanna pointed out to me. When I told her, because it was not long after all of this happened, that I started talking to you. And I think my sharing with you what was going on with Kyler, I think that that brought about a sense of trust in you that you told me about all that was going on. And when I brought it up to Joanna, she goes, oh, my God, that's a serial killer. That's what, and because Joanna follows the news. Joanna reads the newspaper from front to back, both papers, um, front to back, whatever, Rocky Mountain News, Denver Post, when they existed. She read them both, and she goes, I know about this guy. And I was like, what? She goes, you have to know about him, Jody. And I said, Joanna, I don't read the paper. She goes, this is one of the most famous cases in Denver right now. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 
And that was when she kind of filled me in. Like, she was kind of starstruck, Nick. She was starstruck by the fact that I knew you. Mm -hmm. And I was... I still, to this day, Nick, I feel very removed from all of that. Because by the time I came to your home, nothing was torn up. Nothing was torn up floorboards. Nothing was torn up backyard. But you had recently done uh, ash burning. Right. Uh, uh, sage. Uh, sage. Sage burning. Right. Where you cleansed the home. And right. And I, I still feel very removed from that. I, I don't know if you understand that, but... Joanna sent me an article to read, and I read this article, and in this article, one of the women who helped RPB captured had been picked up by him, propositioned, shall we say, brought here. Mm -hmm. They did have sex. The choking got, um, she said, a bit out of control. She blacked out when she came to. He came at her again, mm -hmm. and she did what they say victims are supposed to do, which is... Tell them your name. Mm -hmm. Get them to acknowledge you as a person. Right. Uh, make yourself someone. Like, make them acknowledge that you are a person with a past, with a history, with a family. But in the background, oh. she kept hearing this bird, this parrot. Oh, yeah, my Shlomo. Yeah. Shlomo. And what did Shlomo always say? Hello. <laughs> and she said whenever she came to, she would hear the parrot. Hello. 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 Yep, there was something else he said. I, I can't remember what it was, but how are you or what's your name or something like that. No, he would say, he would say hello. Uh, he would say... Um, there was always a follow-up yeah, question, which, which signified yeah, yeah. his intelligence. <sighs> but a very, very intelligent bird. And, yeah, and, when and this, you, girl, this girl actually ended up she running, lived. running down the street. He Nick. let her go. He let her go. Yeah. She did what they always tell us to do if we are ever victims in that situation. Yeah. Make yourself a person to your abductor, to your whomever. <sighs> Make him call you by your name. Make him yeah. recognize your importance, your significance. And he let her go. And is she the reason that he was caught, Nick? I'll need you to talk back here for that. So if no, you want me to no, it's not. It's not the reason she was. He was caught. He was caught because um, because of the friend. He shot his friend in Aurora. So what happened with her case? If she was let go, is uh, that is that? No, like, no. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know why she he didn't get caught for that. Uh, she 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 was a prostitute. I think that he did get charged with that, but that was very minimal compared to the. To the murders. Of course, but I don't know. But she, I, I, that, I actually have the newspaper clipping from of that from article, that, from right? That article, right? Because when I read it, when I told you about it, you said that <coughs> is the article yeah. that said to me, yeah, that shit did happen in my house. Yeah, that happened in my house. That's how you. That kind of right. cemented it for you, right? And she, she was running down the running down the street naked, naked. Which is a scary yeah. second to Ellen running down without a shirt going... Well, yeah. Uh, I don't want to die. Yeah. Does that mean there's a third coming? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh about that, but... Yeah, well... Bad things in threes, right? Yeah. Hey, I had my shirt ripped off in front of your house. Maybe yes. I was the second yes, and Ellen was a third. Yes, you have. Maybe that was a third. Yeah, that was the third. 
But that, Nick, is that is how I remember you and I meeting. And, and so I would think, even though I don't have your master's degree, mm. that psychologically, I also met you in a time when you were vulnerable. When I may have seemed like a princess or a clean, unadulterated, maybe, opportunity that... Well, could, you, know, you know what happened? Lori rejected me. I know. I met you after she rejected yeah, you. You uh, had just uh, finished uh, a biking said, thing. I mean, I was just reading a letter that I had sent to her, pleading with her to keep the relationship. Okay. You desperately needed that. I wanted her. I had you raised her children. I loved her children. Okay. And, and she said, "No way. I'm not going to do this. I mean, you got this fucking shit going on." You know, I'm not going to do it, you know? And I, I, I can't imagine, we and, have to admit, and, rejection and I, hurts. It was nothing that I had anything to do with, you know? But it directly involved but it you. impacted her. Or to a way and, that she felt know, she well, couldn't well, recover from. Well, PTSD. I was the first guy she had before, yeah, after Yeah, but you husband. had seven years. I'd raised her children for seven years. I know. I know. But I, I wasn't was, that big I, I, was, I was the first guy she had dated after her divorce. Not only that, Lori was bisexual. Well, so what? Why, she why was, do you she, say no, that so... No, she was... No. Why do you say that so outlandish? You, you have to speak this way when you answer. But you got very raised, and I know your grandson over there. Right, yeah. She was bisexual. Okay, so what does that mean? That means he was like dating women. At the time she was with you? Yes. You knew that? Yes. So how did your relationship ever feel secure? Well... Or did it? I was trying to be... I was trying to be... Uh, a, open hippie, to a hippie, open, you know, alright, you know, if you feel this way, that's where you have to... It's no different if your wife is... Fucking a woman or fucking another man? No, I, no, no. Fucking the, another the, man, I, I beg to differ. I think that's different. No, I, it, it's no different. It's no different. It, it's still, yeah. I don't want to say treason, but it's still... It's still outside of the relationship that I believe in, okay? Okay. See, and I, I, I honestly didn't know that, Nick, because you've always come across as... I thought I could accept this. I could not. You could not. I didn't know that. No, I'm. I'm at, on Saturday night. I'm. I'm at home, two o'clock in the morning. I know she's out there, licking some pussy. All right, and having a relationship with a woman. And, and that no wasn't okay with than, you. No, it's it's no different. It's still betrayal. It's still cheating. It's still if she was sucking somebody's cock. I don't believe it. You know, it's just like, ultimately, I Should still found cheat. out. It's still betrayal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... She's having sex with somebody else and not with me. Okay? So do you think it was easier for her to let you go because she always had that? You know... Because yeah. you couldn't have let her go that easy. Hmm. You could have never let her go that easy. No. I... Here's what happened. She breaks up with me using the excuse of the serial killer. Okay? And 
I move in here. I clean up my house. It took me $7,000 to fix it. And you find out there's dead bodies in your backyard. Dead, ba dead bodies. I mean, the, police, that, the police had cut up my carpets. I mean, you know. How did I'm that a, play out with you and your daughter? How did she not know? I know. A lot of people ask that. Well, I'm asking. I asked that. Still. She says, I didn't know anything about it. Okay? Just ignorance is bliss? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, come on. After come all, on. You, you got a fucking, you got, you got a fucking body in you know, a duffel bag downstairs. And you, uh, we don't I mean, ever think on. it's really a body. No, guns, you maybe don't. I might think no. it's guns and drugs and money, but I would never think no. it's a body. No, but she knew it. She somehow knew it. But didn't. She has to live with that. Okay? We had a grand jury. A grand jury hearing. Okay? So, a grand fucking jury. Yeah. We had to go to the grand jury and, do, you know, we were, you know, asked what, what the fuck was going on, you know? Right. In a grand jury. And they said, okay, there's nothing to charge you guys with, you know? Okay. So Actually, she she's believable. Yeah. I mean, ignorance is yeah, bliss. Yeah. And who would want to believe? But come on. Ooh. Everybody says, "Come on." I I don't say come on. You I, you would have fucking known that. No, I I that would be the last thing I would think. Yeah, you got a duffel bag downstairs. I was like, "What's this?" But but you're kicking it. I mean, come on, it's a body. I would have opened it because that's my nature. Yeah. And you would have seen a prostitute dead. And then I probably would be dead. Yeah. So what good does that do? Yeah. So imagine what Hazel was going through. She might have been dead if she, you know, did If that. she had done what I, I yeah. would have done. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very complicated. We're, we're talking, you know. Very lucky. Very lucky that the yeah. grand jury said yeah. no charges. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very, very fucking lucky. Yeah. I don't know that I need that. Well, <clears throat> so, so when I, okay, if you, can you recollect the actual, cur the events of that time frame? Because I know that you and I started talking about June. But I don't know when all the RP stuff, like, you should remember dates. When was the grand jury? When was the... These were big money. Well, I don't remember the grand jury, but it was certainly after he was arrested. When was he arrested? 2003, you know. Anytime? I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, August? I, I don't know. Oh, it seemed very fresh. Okay, then maybe I started yeah. talking to you yeah. later. Because yeah. he had been arrested when I spoke to you. Yeah. But it sounded so, really fresh. Yeah. And you had just lost the relationship with Lori. Yeah. I was just, like, devastated. But you were like, but I came to your home... Not long after that, because you had had the whole sage thing. Yeah. And you were like, nobody likes to go downstairs. And you took me down yeah. there once, and I was like, I don't yeah. want to be downstairs. Yeah. And yeah. and it's been many years since that. I mean, your house is definitely yeah. changed. Here you are. Yeah. And, and your daughter sleeps downstairs and yeah. doesn't seem to it's okay. be spooked. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's a lifetime. Yeah. But that was when I remember meeting you. And yeah. I don't know if talking about any of this helps bring any of that to the surface, but over the next year or so, you, if you ask me, were probably very much in denial over those events, except that you were very much into drinking. And we all know that we drink well, to I forget. Well, started, I started drinking, you know. We all know yeah. that we drink to forget. Yeah, yeah. 
That's, so maybe a lot of your good. push to get me to drink was to help you forget. Yeah. But it drove yeah. me to a place where I don't remember. Yeah. And that has been a very painful acceptance on both of our parts. Yes. Because you I met, found I met you. I met you and I thought I could use you for support. You thought you could use me. Yeah, use you. Ouch. For support, because I needed but support. Ouch. I had nobody. Listen to your language. Well, I know. I needed support. I know, but you you thought that you could use me. I for thought that. you could be somebody who could support me. But I was also in a place where I needed support. Well, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you needed support. Not all of a sudden. I needed well, it. you needed it. I came to you and because I needed I, it. You no, know, but your your need for support distracted me from what was going on for me. Very you know? true. Very true. And it was easier to lose ourselves in yeah, our yeah. bewilderment or Yeah, and, and holy Christ. I mean, who the fuck in their lifetime has bodies buried in the backyard? Nobody. Nobody. And well, I didn't know how to support that. No, that's Nobody like, should. It's like too extreme. But at the same time, you still needed that. I needed... And I somehow gave that to but you. But I needed you. I gave that to you in a distraction form, I think. Because I, you were able to focus... I broke... My, my partner broke up with me. I had bodies in my backyard. I had... You know, I had... I was all alone. you had alone. this pretty girl. Pretty girl, young girl. Who needed you know? your help. Yeah. And you were in a position that you yeah. would. That's it. Okay. And we both... Yes. I was in a place where I needed help because I just broke up with an yeah. abusive husband. Yeah. I was now trying to support four kids by myself. But yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know how to do that because yeah. I'd never seen... My parents are still married. Yeah. And I think we found ourselves at a at a place where the distraction was beautiful. <laughs> the distraction was beautiful and necessary and needed. But unfortunately, through the years and the time that we did that, at some point it became destructive for me. It became very destructive for me. And you still saw yourself as a rescuer, as someone who could help, someone who had education, knowledge, experience, money, a house. You saw yourself as being able to provide me with everything that I needed. And though I may have seen those things in you initially, the drinking, the drugs, the constant... The constant inattention that I paid to my children, it wore on me. And for the times that I was sober, that was all I could think about, Nick. While I was at work, when we weren't drinking, all I could think about was, oh my God, my kids hate me. I'm not helping them. But let's go to Nick's tonight to spend the night. Because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, he's a good guy. My kids need a good guy. He's, he owns a home. He has a job. He's responsible. And it's a good place for me to take them because I am not okay on my own to give these kids what they need. And I felt by coming here that I was giving them something that I couldn't otherwise give them. But the minute I walked in the door, it was shot after shot after shot. And at some point I knew 
I was not paying attention to my kids anymore. My concern was not them. And there were four of them, and they desperately needed yeah. me. Yeah, I agree. I, I hear you. And it was a continued pattern. When I was sober, I would think, we'll go to Nick's. We'll have a good night. We'll do this, that, and the other. But when I came here, it was, it was drinks after drinks. And that was just a pattern that we put in place. Yeah. I'm not putting that on no, you. No, no. We, I'm not we putting did, that on we you. We did that. But in my sober times, I continued to believe that this would be good. Yes. But when it happened, it was not. I hear you. And at some point, somewhere, Nick, maybe it was between my son ripping my shirt off me in the front yard and me hauling him in here and the cops coming and saying that I abused him. Oh, the cops coming, following you here when, when you were drunk and driving down the road drunk? And, and, not that know. time. That, that time didn't do anything for me. It was a time that... I the came out the door. He was in front of me. He pushed Ketner with a door. Ketner is my oldest, and he is the most kind, loving, relaxed, setback kid you will ever know. And to watch you, my second son, shove him with the door for doing nothing. And I followed him into the front yard, and when he walked up to me, I swooped him out. I swooped his foot out from underneath him, just like I learned in soccer. Just to put him on his ass so that I could say, you know what, that was not right. Kendra didn't deserve that. Right. And when I did that, he reached up and he grabbed my shirt and he ripped it off of me because he was so angry. No matter how many therapists, yeah. no matter how many psychologists, no matter how many people I took him to see, yeah. they would not help him stop being angry. And he ripped my shirt off of me and I did what my parents did to me. I grabbed him by his hair, I hauled him in the house, chucked him in the house where nobody could see him, and I started yelling at him. And you know what? When I chucked him in the house, Nick, he got a bloody nose. Yeah. This doesn't have anything to do with you. He got a bloody nose. And when the police came, because we got Kyler, Colby, and Avery to go to the park with us, Kettner was upset beyond belief. And when we left, Kettner used the house phone to call the police. The police came. They picked them up. Marcos, he called Marcos. Kettner called Right, them. I remember that, yeah. They came here. They took them. What a fucking name. They took all those kids Monday morning to the Denver Department of Social Services. Mm -hmm. They interviewed my kids. While they were interviewing my kids, Nick, while they were interviewing them, Kyler got a bloody nose. Because Kyler got them frequently. Yeah. But that was their case against me. They said that when I threw him in the house, I must have punched him. Because he got a bloody nose. No, I threw Kyler up against the wall. But he got the bloody nose when I threw him on the floor, Nick. What you don't understand is you were not even involved in that case. It was all me. It was all me. And that, me throwing him on the floor, he got a bloody nose. He was a bastard. He was an angry child that I tried to help. I went through that system time and time again, Nick. You gave me referral after referral. He saw licensed clinical social workers. No, he Bishop, saw Bishop, remember Dr. Bishop? He saw Dr. Yeah. Bishop. But you know what? Yeah. It was Dr. Demander in Parker. Uh -huh. Dr. Demander is the one who said to me, Jody, this child cannot live with you. Yeah. He is harmful to you. He is harmful to his siblings. And he should not be with you. And Nick, I was a single mom at that time. I had taken my kids away from their dad because their dad was abusive to me. Yeah. And when Dr. Demander told me, 
that my son could not live with me. I was devastated. I didn't have an option. I didn't have anywhere to go, Nick. But it was shortly after that that I stopped talking with you, mostly because you loved me and I couldn't reciprocate, but also because... I had to give my... I, I had to do something with Kyler that I never thought I would do. I gave him back to his dad. That was the only option I had. I so, gave him... So you recognized that I loved you? Yes. Yes, Nick. I knew that you loved me. But I knew that our only history together was drugs and alcohol and times that All I don't right, remember. So, so. But I also, I had to give up my son, Nick. I know. I had to give my son to my ex, the one I divorced. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? He went to live with Marcos. And he was in fifth grade. And he went to live with Marcos. And instead of Kyler hurting his brothers and sisters, he started hurting kids on the playground. Yeah. He punched a girl in the stomach. He got suspended for punching a girl in the stomach. A girl. And then I found out that Marcos was not coming home at night. That Kyler was missing school. And then my son was alone and afraid with no one to go to. So he would call my ex-mother-in-law. And my ex-mother-in-law often rescued him. No, no, no touching. This is talk. He, she rescued him. She would not tell me that Marcos hadn't come home. She would not tell me that Kyler couldn't get to school. She would pick Kyler up. She would get him to school and brush it all under the fucking table. My son had been seeing therapists, clinical social workers. I had been doing everything up until that point. His mother with the canopy of love didn't tell me because she thought I would take it wrong that his father wasn't coming home at night. So one time while Kyler was with me with my other kids I was at Danya's house. Danya. Danya and I were upstairs. Kids were downstairs. I hear screaming. And I know who the screaming is because Kyler always picked on Colby. Colby was younger than him. And I went downstairs and Kyler had him in the corner. And he was literally sucking the shit out of my son. And Colby would not cry. But Colby was, to me, he looked practically dead. And I pulled Kyler off of him and I hauled him into the living room. And I did what my mother always told me to do. Sit on him. If you can't control him, just sit on him. Now my mom has... 50, 75 pounds on me, maybe. Yeah. But I sat on my son on the couch. He bit through my jeans and made me bleed. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I called Children's Hospital. I said, I don't, I don't know what to do with my son. I have tried. I have tried. They advised me to take him downtown. I took him downtown. I called Marcos. And I don't know what to do with him anymore. They advised that they admit him for clinical inpatient. I asked them what that meant. They said that they would they would evaluate him, they would keep him, 
and they would stay in touch. I left that hospital in tears, and that night I got my second DUI. That was 2010. I went over to Tammy's. I was heartbroken. I didn't know what to do. We got drunk. I wanted Taco Bell two hours later. She's like, Jody, I can make you whatever you want. I'm like, no, I want Taco Bell. We drove down Taco Bell. It was fucking closed. We came back. I was going 51 in a 40. They pulled me over. I was in her driveway. But I'll tell you, I was drunker than I had ever been. And they took me. You went to jail. No, I went to... I went to Arapahoe, Arapahoe House, and I was seeing some guy at the time who was a security guard. He managed to get me out of there, but I got the DUI. I went to see Kyler two days later. He was in a fucking daycare. Kyler had done nothing wrong. You know, he was in a room with a guy who loved Marilyn Manson, who was a cutter, who... I don't even know what Kyler learned from him, but Kyler was in a fucking glorified daycare. He was not in trouble for what he'd done. Nothing he'd he done was do wrong. Anything. He had opposite. He had, and parental. There was something about parental something, yeah. like that he didn't get along with me. He was in there for five days, Nick. They didn't do shit for my son. They put him on a really fucking heavy dose of, uh, not serotonin, but um, Seroquel. Seroquel. They put him on Seroquel. I went through this Seroquel bit for a year. My son passed out on a bus because his his fourth grade teacher wouldn't allow them to have snacks. And when you're on Seroquel, you have to eat yeah. something before yeah. you take it. She didn't allow them to have snacks. Dr. Bishop was lurid. He was ready to pull out their funding. Yeah. This is all stuff I went through after you. Yeah, I didn't know about this. Oh, sweet. So coming out of Children's Hospital, we were having our discharge meeting, right? I'm there, Marcos is there, and they're like, he's going to need outpatient therapy three days a week. He's going to need it. And I said, oh, that's not going to happen. And they looked at me and I said, he lives with his dad. His dad does not believe in mental health. And they looked at Marcos and Marcos goes, I'm not going to take him. He goes, then fuck you, Jody. And he got up and he walked out of the fucking meeting and I'm sitting there with a son who's being discharged from Children's Hospital inpatient for biting me and making me bleed. And I've got no options. I have no options, Nick. I'm supposed to leave with this kid. I called my mom and I said, Mom, I don't know what to do. I said, I'm at Children's. Marcos just walked out of our meeting. She goes, Jody, bring him here. I said, what? She goes, bring him here. I said, Mom, you raised six of us. You've done daycare for all four of my... She goes, Jody, bring him here. If you have nowhere else to take him, your dad and I will do what we can. Nick, you know how that hit me. My parents couldn't do shit. But, but they were all that I had. Sorry, I have 